Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting The Daily Beans. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Today, Donald Trump has appealed the ruling compelling Mike Pence to testify over the invocation of executive privilege. The Nashville City Council has voted to reinstate Representative Justin Jones. The parent of the six-year-old that shot his teacher has been criminally charged for negligence. There were two mass shootings today. And the Department of Justice has appealed the Texas abortion pill ruling. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Beans. So Amy Carrero was going to be here today, but she got a callback on an amazing thing. So she can't make it. I'm super sorry. But we will have her back to preside over Amy's court shortly. Uh, Keep you posted. Justin Jones, Representative Justin Jones, has been reinstated by the Nashville City Council by a unanimous vote, 36 to nothing and no abstentions. Very, very powerful moment. About a thousand people marched with him as he walked back to the house, the state house. This is incredible, but it does not erase the racist and fascist actions of the Republicans in the Tennessee House. Today was a very bad day for autocracy, a very bad day for Republicans in Tennessee, and I am glad that we're here for it. There is a meeting tomorrow to vote on reinstating Rep. Justin Pearson. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up from Alan Foyer at the New York Times. Lawyers for the former guy asked a federal appeals court Monday to narrow the scope of the testimony that former Vice President Mike Pence has to give a grand jury investigating Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The request to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia to reverse a lower court's decision ordering Pence to testify was the latest attempt by Trump's legal team to keep witnesses close to him from divulging information to prosecutors in the office of special counsel Jack Smith. Of course, Andy and I'll go over this in detail and the implications on this Sunday's coming up. Jack podcast. Pence has always been potentially important as a witness in the election inquiry and to Trump because of the conversations he took part in at the White House in the weeks preceding the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. During that time, Trump repeatedly pressed him to use his ceremonial role overseeing the congressional count of electoral college votes to block or delay certification of his defeat. Prosecutors have been trying to get Pence to talk about Trump's demands for months first in request by the Justice Department for an interview and then through a grand jury subpoena issued by Jack Smith, I'm assuming that was a friendly subpoena, who inherited the inquiry into Trump's attempts to stay in power. Should Pence end up testifying, it would be a turning point in the months-long behind-the-scenes battle waged by Trump and several witnesses close to him to block the disclosure of details about plans to overturn the election. Last month, in a pair of sealed rulings, Judge Jeb Boesberg, the new chief judge of the federal district court in Washington, ordered Pence to appear before the grand jury, striking down two separate challenges that would have kept Pence from answering certain questions. In one of those challenges, Pence sought to limit his testimony by arguing his role as the president of the Senate grants him the shield of the speech or debate clause. The argument was based on that clause, and it's intended to protect the separation of powers. Now, Boesberg ruled that while Pence could claim some protections, Under the speech or debate clause, he would have to answer questions about any potentially illegal acts committed by Trump. 
Last week, Pence announced that he did not intend to appeal that decision. We went over that in the current episode that's out now of the Jack podcast. Mr. Trump's lawyers have now taken the opposite path, asking the appeals court to reverse Boesberg's ruling on their own attempts to narrow the scope of the questions that Pence would have to answer based on executive privilege, which protects certain communications between the president and some members of his administration. Like all matters involving the grand jury, Trump's lawyers filed their appeal under seal. A coalition of news media organizations has asked Boesberg to unseal some of these proceedings, but he has not made a decision in the case. Since last summer, Trump's lawyers have repeatedly and unsuccessfully asked the judges to keep information from the grand jury by asserting both executive privilege and attorney-client privilege for an array of witnesses. The witnesses have included some of Pence's chief aides, two of the top lawyers in the White House, and advisors to Trump like Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff. We'll see how this goes. I see nothing about a stay. And that's kind of the important part here, because, you know, in the Meadows, Cuccinelli, like that whole group of guys who were compelled to testify and there was no finding of executive privilege, the appellate court denied a stay, but granted the appeal and the appeal will be heard in May. But because there's no stay, those guys have to go and testify. And in fact, they brought Cuccinelli in the same day that that appellate court decision came out. In the Corcoran case, so for crime fraud exception, in the documents case for obstruction, the judge ruled that he had to hand over his stuff, and the appellate court gave an overnight schedule, and, and uh, no stay was awarded, and presumably that those things were handed over that ne- the next day when they were due. And it seems like maybe Pence was due to testify today, and the night before, Trump appealed using executive privilege, uh, that executive privilege claim to the appellate court. And there is no overnight briefing, but there's also no decision on any stay. So it's kind of unclear. But the the arguments are going to be heard also in May for the underlying uh, appeal. So that means, you know, if they're if they missed the deadline or the stay expired or they didn't ask for a stay, Pence would have to testify. And if somehow in May, after all the arguments are done, uh, Trump, you know, Trump won for some reason. He I, he won't. He hasn't won a single one yet all the way up to the Supreme Court. But if he won for some reason, then maybe that testimony wouldn't be admissible in at trial uh, if charges were brought. So we'll see what, what happens. But that's currently the status. All right. Now from Justin Juvenal at The Post, Washington Post, the mother of a six-year-old boy who shot a teacher at a Virginia school in January has been criminally charged in connection with the case and a special grand jury will be convened to explore others' conduct. That's according to authorities. Deja Taylor, 25, of Newport News, is facing one felony count of child neglect and one misdemeanor count of recklessly storing a firearm so a child could gain access to it. The weapon the boy used belonged to Taylor. If convicted, she faces up to five years in prison on the felony and up to one year on the misdemeanor. Howard Gwynn, the Newport News Commonwealth's attorney, said in a statement he also asked a judge to impanel a special grand jury to continue to probe any security issues that may have contributed to the shooting, suggesting that the conduct of administrators or others who allegedly failed to act after being warned the boy had a weapon would be further investigated. In a case that has grabbed the national attention, the boy brought the gun in a backpack on January 6th and shot his first grade teacher, Abigail Werner, as she taught at Newport News's Richneck Elementary School. The case is one of a small number nationally where a student younger than 10 has shot someone at school. James Ellenson, attorney for the boy's family, wrote in a brief email, my client will be turning herself in later this week, but did not offer comment on the charges. 
He said previously in an interview that the gun was stored with a trigger lock and placed on a top shelf of the mother's bedroom closet. He said it was unclear how the boy accessed the weapon. Authorities have said the mother purchased the gun legally. The boy will not be charged in Zwerner's shooting, and legal experts said it was virtually impossible that he would be. Under Virginia law, a child under seven is presumed not to have the intent to carry out an illegal act. The boy's family said in a previous statement that he's been receiving treatment at a mental health facility since the shooting. And a man in his 20s shot and killed four colleagues with a rifle at a bank where he worked in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. That's according to the police. Nine others were wounded, three of them critically. The suspect, who officials said was live streaming the rampage, was killed by the police after exchanging fire. The police identified the four victims, all employees of Old National Bank, as Joshua Barrick, 40, Thomas Elliott, 63, Juliana Farmer, 45, and James Tutt, 64. Among the critically wounded was Nicholas Wilt, 26, who graduated from the police academy on March 31st. Chief Jacqueline Gwynne Valero of the Louisville Metro Police Department identified the shooter. Um, We're not going to name him here. According to a LinkedIn page, he worked full-time at the bank for two years after interning there over previous summers. The police did not specify a motive. Still, the morning that unfolded in Louisville was a snapshot of a country echoing with gunfire. Not long after the police had responded to the massacre at the bank, two people were shot, one fatally, outside a community college less than two miles away. It was not immediately clear what led to that shooting. Quote, the two incidents appear to be entirely unrelated. That's Mayor Craig Greenberg of Louisville. But both took lives. They both leave people scarred, grieving, and angry. I share all of those feelings myself right now. The University of Louisville Hospital received nine patients, including two police officers from the shooting at the bank. That's Dr. Jason Smith, chief medical officer at the hospital, commenting there. Three of them had been released as of Monday afternoon. Three remained in the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, and three were critically wounded and had required operations. Officer Wilt had required brain surgery. And the Justice Department on Monday has appealed a Texas judge's decision that would block access to a key abortion drug across the country arguing that the challengers had no right to file the lawsuit since they were not personally harmed by the abortion pill. There's that standing thing I was talking about. And when I put beans on the DOJ arguing standing, that is what's happening. The 49-page appeal filed in the right-leaning U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit landed less than one business day after Judge Matthew Kazmarek ordered the FDA to revoke its approval of mifeprestone, one of the two medications used in more than half of all abortions in the United States. Kazmarek had said in the ruling issued on Good Friday that it would not take effect until this coming Friday, giving the Biden administration time to appeal before the drug could be pulled from the marketplace. In its filing Monday, the government asked the Fifth Circuit judges to keep the order on hold, stay the order, until the appeal is decided. The judge's ruling, Justice Department lawyers said, quote, upended decades of reliance by blocking FDA's approval of mifepristone and depriving patients of access to this safe and effective treatment based on the court's own misguided assessment of the drug's safety. The government and the drug manufacturer, Danko Laboratories, asked the appeals court to issue its decision on pausing Kazimarek's order by Thursday at noon. Now, if the appeals court, Fifth Circuit, very conservative, does not stay Kazmarek's order while the appeal is decided or is slow in making that decision, the Justice Department could go directly to the Supreme Court in an effort to keep mifeprestone available for women seeking to terminate their pregnancies, ask for an emergency stay there pending appeal. The high court will almost certainly hear the case eventually, either before or after the Fifth Circuit rules. So that's what's going on in that. Um, We've got those dueling 
uh, rulings that we talked about yesterday, one from Washington State, a judge there from uh, 17 attorneys general in Democratic states asking that judge to block the FDA from pulling the drug, which was granted. Um, We will see, I think, whether or not, well, you know, we'll see if the Fifth Circuit stays this, this order. That might moot the Washington order. Um, and then mefepristone will be available until the Supreme Court either declines to hear the case or hears it and decides or whether the Fifth Circuit makes a decision. We'll see on the on the merits. Right. Uh, and again, not necessarily on the merits, but on what I think should be standing. Uh, personally, I don't see how the Fifth Circuit allows this to go forward uh, simply because this judge did not have standing because none of the parties who sued suffered any harm. That's one of the things you have to (laughs) prove to have standing uh, in this case. So anyway, we'll see how that rolls out. And uh, just under attack left and right, our rights in this country by by the minority. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the good news. If you have any good news to send us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I take AG, AG1, by Athletic Greens, literally every day. They have the best initials, I must say. I started taking Athletic Greens a while ago. I wanted to boost my energy and my immune system, and I wanted to empty out my cabinet of a million different supplements and powders that I was taking and may have a more affordable, streamlined you know, way to to get all the vitamins I need every day. And AG1, I have it every morning before my coffee, before the gym. It makes me feel unstoppable. I love it. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. One-year supply and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Looking for high-quality supplements can be a hassle and it can be expensive, but Athletic Greens makes it effortless with AG1. With its top shelf ingredients, AG1 is only one scoop of powder mixed with water every day, and it's delicious. Plus, it provides a great value. Like I said, I can replace that whole cabinet of supplements, my daily multivitamin, probiotics. It's a quick and seamless daily habit that saves you time and money. It makes it an ideal choice for anyone looking to supplement their diet with ease, right? Ease, that's the, that's the key. Less stress. I immediately experienced a boost of energy, and I noticed improvement in my sleep quality after taking it. If I had to pick only one thing to do to take care of my health, I'd choose AG1 by Athletic Greens. AG1 consistently delivers exceptional results, which is why I have so much trust in them. Uh, And if you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is going to give you that free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. That's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, alterations to a story, you want to submit updates, anything like that, a shout out to a loved one, a small business in your area, uh, a shout out to an adoptable pet in your area. If you don't have pod pet pics to send us frog orgies, uh, if you, you know, anything you want to send us seriously, play what the mutt. I love that. I'm, I'm getting really good at it. You can send them to us at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact. First up, from Anonymous, correction, clarification. 
Thank you for covering Israel's struggle for democracy on the beans. The average citizen like me supports the protest. Good. The leaked document is almost certainly the product of a very poor understanding by CIA operative of the Mossad's memo. Junior operatives and retired operatives requested permission to protest as private citizens, and it was granted. This in no way means the Mossad was fomenting the protest, which is absolutely grassroots. It is true that the security establishment opposes the judicial reform, and rightly so, but they're not fomenting the protest. Please see Ronan Bergman or others. Thank you again for the hard work. And thank you again. Uh, when I read that headline as, uh, you know, they've had a revolt, that's the New York Times headline as written uh, in yesterday's beans. So I should have been very clear, hopefully, <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll try to be clearer next time that that is not the way that I see it and that is not what is happening. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm sure that this is just a disinformation campaign um, intended to put the blame for the protests on anyone other than Bibi Netanyahu. All right. Thank you for that correction and clarification. Next up from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Hey, Beans Queens, I love your show. Y'all keep me updated on the daily news. I lost my 15-year-old chinchilla, Dusty. Oh, great name, by the way to kidney failure at the end of February. My birthday was the 7th, and I adopted a new baby chinchilla because I still have so much love to give to a furry baby. Here's a picture of my new baby, Loki. Keep up the good work. Oh, I love chinchillas. They're so soft, and I love when they get all dusty and then shake their little fur, and then they use their little hands and do things. Oh my God, they're so adorable. And this one is no exception. Thank you very much, Anonymous, for sending this in. So cute. Next up from Rollin. W, pronouns he and him. I wanted to give a shout out to my wife, Linda Wyckoff. She is an incredible, talented, and creative quilter that makes t-shirts and memory quilts. I've seen her use as many as 108 shirts, plus a sweatshirt and a pair of shorts, or as few as six to make a precious memory. Her business is Quilted Tees and Memories, and it can be found at quiltedteesandmemories.com. She loves a challenge, incorporating ties, baby clothes, or just about anything else into quilts. I've attached a picture of my son's Eagle Scout quilt and one she did for a client with baby clothes. Oh, that's a cool idea. Uh, pet tax is Nutmeg and Ginger, the Spice Girls, <laughs> currently 12-year-old sisters. We adopted them as puppies when they had been abandoned in front of a local business. By the way, Linda has been a Beans listener for a long time and over the last year has recruited me as well. Well, Linda, these are beautiful. I love the one with the little elf and the red, uh, is that crinoline skirt on the, <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of Joan Cusack's sweatshirt in, in 16 Candles that we, with a skirt and you can lift it up. Uh, this is adorable. And um, wow, that Eagle Scout quilt is something. Keep calm and scout on. It's really hard to, to get Eagle Scout, by the way. We have it in Girl Scouts. We call it the gold award. Um, I was able to get mine, but you know, just barely. So well done and congratulations. And thank you so much for that shout out. Next up from Amy, pronouns she and her. I am the treasurer for our tiny democratic committee. Awesome. And I was recently asked to be the treasurer of the PAC to elect Democrats as county commissioners. Our candidates, Marty Wilder and Jim uh, Hillier, are passionate about revitalizing McKeon County in Pennsylvania. In the last few years, our population has declined. We've lost our local hospital. Not entirely, but for all intents and purposes. Our population is aging and services are declining. Young people are leaving due to lack of opportunity. Marty and Jim are eager to try to get some initiatives going to jumpstart our county. We have an Act Blue account under McKean United. That's M C K 
K-E-A-N, United, if you care to toss a few bucks our way. Keep in mind, this is the county Pauline Bauer is from. You remember her, one of the queens of the insurrection? Yeah, we need to defeat that shit. Pictures are Marty getting out to talk to citizens. When we say she wants to talk to everyone, we mean everyone. Second picture is the candidates and listening tour dates. Third pick is Chopper because he's so gosh darn handsome. Here we go. McKean United listening tour. There they are. And there's Chopper. <laughs> Look at this baby. Is this a hound dog? Oh, and there's a donkey. Hello. Or a burrow. I'm not sure. I can't tell by sight. Thank you so much for that submission and thanks for the work you're doing. I really appreciate it. Again, that's McKean United under Act Blue. Toss him a few bucks if you can. Next up, Jenny Van D, pronouns she and her. My husband introduced me to your podcast on our last road trip. I want to wish him a happy birthday. Here's my favorite photo of him with our little poodle bear. Oh, look at this. This is, first of all, excellent mustache and beard. Dr. Beard Fassay. And look at this little baby in the pink sweater. Look at the face. So cute. Thank you for that. Let us know when your next road trip is. Those are fun. Next up from Melissa, pronouns she and her. My good news is our small school, Brightwater Waldorf, which was set to close a year and a half ago because of the pandemic. We're a small private Waldorf school. And because our parents chose low or no tech online school was a huge hurdle. And many of our families left. The head of the school broke the news to the community and we were told to find a new option. Some families in our community rallied and kept our school open and created an incredible community. Our school is a sociocracy, which is not a head of school model, but a flat structure of community, faculty, and a small board. We moved into the Japanese Cultural and Community Center and have been slowly building back our school and our community. This may sound like no big deal, but our school is special. And we are crafting a safe space for kids, for all kinds of students, and have made huge efforts to make a private school accessible, huge amount of financial aid. The pandemic really hurt school learning in many ways, and we found a way to survive and now thrive. I'm a longtime listener and new patron. I love your show, and I listen every morning. I live in Seattle now, but I'm from San Diego. Missed those 72-degree days. Dana is awesome. You both are so smart and funny and make my day every morning. Thank you for your wit and wisdom. And Melissa, I'm sorry Dana's not here right now. But she will be back soon. Oh, look at this. This is amazing. What a beautiful part of the country. Look at that. So gorgeous. It takes me back. Takes me back to my my elementary school days. So thanks for that. That's amazing news, Melissa. I'm so glad. Those communities that you create are just the best, right? Like our beans community here. All right. Finally, from Holly, pronouns she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. Just wanted to share some smile-worthy news from this fascist hellhole called Tennessee. We diehard blue voters are tired as hell from fighting for the good old boys bullshit, but we're still taking care of ourselves and each other. You always encourage listeners to take care of their mental health. You also mention cats a lot. (laughs) So last month, despite being a lifelong dog lover, I succumbed to your inadvertent peer pressure. I allowed myself to be adopted by a sweet, chonky floof of the Siberian variety. Yes, I am changing hearts and minds across this great land. I visited a local cat cafe, a shout out to Naughty Cat Cafe in Chattanooga, after a draining day at work. Among the 42 available for adoption, uh, this guy stole my heart at first glance. A week later, he came home with me and my mental health has improved instantly. So thank you for your advocacy, not just for democracy and mental health, but also for pet adoptions. My new feline overlord, now called Chaucer because I'm an English lit nerd, excellent, 
has brought so much joy when I needed it the most. Here's a pic to show his fuzzy belly and the odd way he sits like a dog or maybe a Buddha. Either way, it makes me smile. I hope it will do the same for you. Keep up the great work, you badass babes of broadcast brilliance. (laughs) Thank you. Nice alliteration and consonants. Look at this baby. Look at the ear floof. Now, I have to tell you, as a cat professional, Holly, that ear floof is exceptional. Uh, And I bet there's like paw floof too, like little sprouts coming out of the peats where the beans are, the toe beans. What a beautiful, beautiful baby. Oh, we have a new cat person in the community. I feel my work is done here. I'm going to pack it in. We're all done, everyone. That's all. I can can retire. (laughs) No, I can't. We're about to get all the indictments. I got to stay. It's just, this is, this is the, this, the season I've been waiting for, right? This whole reason we did all of this is, is happening and is going to be happening for the next for the next good while. So enjoy the ride. You earned it. All right, everybody, I'll be back tomorrow. And keep your ears out for a, a Daily Beans Patreon meetup happening the last weekend of April. Um, I'm going to be in D.C. And we could either go fancy or we could go not fancy. I'm, I'm working out the details. But keep an eye on your Patreon inbox. So if, you, if your Patreon emails tend to go to junk, you might want to check in there over the next few days because we might have some information about a meet and greet um, where you can, you know, come hang out, have a cocktail, maybe some tacos. We'll see. All right, everybody. Till tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. See how I left you some room to say your own initials? Okay, bye. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. 
expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.